what you do is construct a movie starring the listener on a journey to slay the dragon, overcome their biggest challenges, and live happily ever after. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Larry Roberts back with another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. And today I've got somebody with us that is going to help us understand how we can maybe have a little more influence over our audience or over our clients. I, I think that's what we all struggle with is, as entrepreneurs especially, is getting those clients, finding those clients. And a lot of that is getting that attention that each and every one of us long for every time we get out there on social media or every time we create a new piece of content. So today's guest is Mike Koenigs. He helps experts build empires. As a serial entrepreneur, angel investor, judge on entrepreneur.com's Elevator Pitch TV show, and 13-time best-selling author, Mike is passionate about helping his clients build their platforms and amplify their message, which is what we all want to do. He turns his clients into sought-after thought leaders and authorities, as well as celebrity influencers. A regular contributor to Entrepreneur and Forbes, Mike has interviewed, consulted, and advised celebrity clients including the likes of Tony Robbins, Paula Abdul, straight up right there, Richard Dreyfus, J.J. Virgin, Jordan Belfort, who is also known as the Wolf of Wall Street. And he's here today to share his experiences with us. Welcome to the show, Mike. Larry, nice to be here, my friend. That's quite the intro. That was a long one. Boom. Sorry <laughs> but, about that. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? No, if you've got all those accomplishments, I mean, let's put them out there. Let's shine. Let's, and I, I think so many times we struggle to do that. We as content creators, at least some of us operate from maybe we're over humble. Maybe we're, we're, maybe we're afraid to let that light shine. It's true. It's true. Well, I think I call this the relatability multiplier, which is if you think about it, both from a personal side and from a brand side, people are looking for ways to relate to you. And whenever I work with someone, I always create this grid and I say, tell me all about you. What's your story? What's your dark night of the soul? And, you know, mine, for example, is I grew up in a small town in Minnesota, you know, poor. I became a programmer to escape the small town. I wrote video games. I'm a stage three colorectal survivor. My first business cost me my first marriage, on and on and on. You know, I was $250,000 in debt. Well, every one of those makes us relatable and creates a connection. And when I was speaking all over the place and I embedded little stories like that, people would become my customer because they glommed onto the fact the small town kid from Minnesota. It's like, hey, I'm from Minnesota too, or I'm a cancer survivor, or my wife ran a nonprofit in Africa. Suddenly we, I had 20% of my audience were religious or had done missions. And before that, also the, the, the connection in Africa, I suddenly had a lot of African-American clients. So I think you know you have to start there and then it's how do you build that influence? How do you build that connection? How do you build that trust? Because getting attention is the hardest thing to do. The second hardest is earning and gaining trust. And, you know, I think it's interesting because the way you, you just said that resonates with me especially because over the last probably month to six weeks, I've been interviewing publishers and trying to find the right publisher for what I consider my story. It is my story. But at the same time, I sit back and I go, how do I write this story or how do I produce this story and it not sound like, and this is my own phrase, pity porn. You know, several of us <laughs> that are listening right now grew up in violent homes. We were, many of us were poor. I had a birth defect. Many listeners now were born with birth defects as well. I, and, and we've all had our struggles. 
But man, how do I tell that in a way that is relatable to people and in a way that resonates with the people that I'm talking to? Yeah, the secret is, and part of what I find that I do with everyone is we start with the relatability. It first of all, it creates a connection and people feel heard. And then what you do is construct a movie starring the listener or the viewer on a journey to uh, slay the dragon, whatever their dragons may happen to be, overcome their biggest challenges, rescue or fall in love with the prince or princess and live happily ever after. But along comes a guy, their Yoda, their Jesus, their Gandalf, their Moses, or whatever that is, and that happens to be you. The story, your victim, your pain, your dark night of the soul is purely a vehicle to create relatability and connection. Nothing is ever, ever, ever about you, the Yoda or the Gandalf or whoever the mentor with the magic talisman or magic wand is. It's like you are there to deliver Excalibur, the sword, the, you know, the chalice, whatever it is that gives the audience magical powers to get to the other side. But how do we do that as just average content creators? We, you have a vast resume and you've worked with some of the top talent literally on the planet. They're all very professional in what they do and in their delivery and in their approach. And they understand telling stories and they understand constructing these scenarios that generate that relatability and that know, like, and trust factor with the people that we're talking to. How can we start that at the very base? How do we start developing that, that sensibility? All right. So I think the first thing to realize and the failure, the mindset failure that everyone begins with is, oh my God, I'll never be like so-and-so they're famous. And it's like, you got to remember they weren't famous. They had nothing. Okay. They, they weren't discovered. They hadn't gotten lucky. They hadn't, they hadn't, they hadn't, everyone's got their transformational journey from where they were to where they wanted to be. And along the way, they had lots and lots of bumps and grinds and that's what makes them relatable. So the failed assumption is, I can never be like that because I'm not already famous. I've taken a bunch of people on this journey before. So I'm going to give you a real life journey and I'm going to grab a prop real fast. That's just out of, out of sight, but I'm going to grab it and be right back so I can take you on a journey and get you there. Snag it. Let's go. So here's the prop. This is a book called the lifestyle investor. Okay. So I met this guy, Justin Donald on a trip. A couple of years ago, I was uh, in Fiji right after I had sold my last company. And the the setup here was I had been through my dark night of the soul, built and sold five companies, but I had reached the end of having complex funnels, lots of Facebook ads, selling information products, having stage and platforms and events and doing hotels and escalating and upselling and blah, blah, blah. I couldn't do it anymore. I hated it. Like I couldn't get out of bed. I had, I was chemically depressed and anxious and I lost my courage. It's like, it happens to most people at some point, usually in their fifties, where they're just like, I effing hate my life and my business and I want to start it on fire, okay? <laughs> and on paper, I should not have that feeling. So I felt guilty about feeling that way and I hit it, right? In the meantime, my soul is in pain. And I've got nothing to complain about. I have a, on paper, a perfect life, you know, a place on the ocean in La Jolla, California, and I drive the perfect car and I'm married to the perfect wife and I've got a perfect kid. But underneath it all, it was like raw. So I sold the business, kind of got my life in order, and I really discovered what I wanted to do next. And in the meantime, I go on this trip. I meet this guy, his name's Justin Donald. 
And we got to the, so what do you do part of the show, right? And so <laughs> I asked him a bunch of questions and I find out he called himself a cash flow investor. What's that mean? It means that he had a regular job at Cutco. His wife was a teacher. And um, unfortunately, when she was off, that was his busiest time of the year and vice versa. They weren't spending time with their daughter. And he set out because he had been investing, but you know, he's making 150 grand a year. She's making 60 grand a year as a teacher. And his goal was, how can I generate enough passive income so my wife can quit her job, which he subsequently did. And then he decided, well, hell, I'm going to do it for me, which he subsequently did. And then he had accumulated a few million dollars in net worth and I meet him and I ask a story and I'm like, how do you do it? What's it? And I, I listen to him and I'm like, Oh, have you ever written a book? Nobody'd like to, have you ever taught a course? Nobody'd like to, do you speak? Nobody'd like to. And I'm like, dude, you have got magic powers that everyone wants the ability to generate passive income and start from square one. And I asked him some of his how to stuff. And I realized he was unconsciously competent. He didn't really have a system, but underneath the hood, there was a system. And I said, dude, you just happened to meet the right guy at the right time at the right point in his life. I want to build a platform for you with you where you can generate millions of dollars teaching what you teach, being who you are that supports what you're doing, except you get to connect with even more people. He goes, I'm in. So we subsequently created something called the Lifestyle Investor which my wife actually branded. We created a logo and the subtitle is the 10 commandments of cash flow investing for passive income and financial freedom. And really what it came down to is I asked him stories of transformation. What did you do in order to achieve your own passive income? And what are your, your rules? What are your laws? What are your commandments? And by the time we were done after a few days together, we had crafted the outline for a book I had interviewed him for Entrepreneur Magazine, and that's where I called him the Warren Buffett of lifestyle investing. Okay, it's a hook, it's a title he'll have for the rest of his life. The truth is I made it up 15 minutes before the camera rolled, okay? The 10 commandments of lifestyle investing, we made it up. It was just me deconstructing his process. From there, I hooked him up with someone to finish the book. We got a great designer on his website and created a full blown brand and in less than eight months, he had produced over a million dollars in revenue because we created a $250,000 one-on-one coaching, $50,000 mastermind program, a $5,000 information product, and then outlined a $400 info product. Bottom line is he got this thing launched, generated over a million dollars in revenue, and now he's got a multi-million dollar business that is lifestyle compatible, generates income, but more importantly, gives them access to more deal flow. He's got lots of people who want to invest in opportunities. So now he can bring around interest. You know, he's got volume for opportunities that he couldn't access just by himself necessarily, but he's the master of negotiating and putting the deals together. The answer to the question, although it was long-winded, is we all have a hero's journey that got us from where we are to where uh, we want to be. We always if you have a system, right? First of all, I can't take someone who's not successful and pull it out of my rear end. You actually have to have <laughs> done something special. Should we can't just put a sweet coat of paint on there and make it look like, like uh, you know, make it shiny or something? We can't do that? I always say, look, you can't wipe frosting on dog crap and make it a cake, all right? So, and if there's a turd in the punch bowl, everyone gets sick. So, you know, you got to start with good clay to begin with. But 
At the end of the day, now it took me a long time to realize I had a process myself. The reason why I have a process is because I had to deconstruct what I thought I intuitively was doing after 30 some odd years of being an entrepreneur, but I've broken it down into six steps. You want to hear what the six steps are? I most definitely do. All right. So here's what I do is I've realized that in order to build a business brand or a personal brand or what we call a platform that crafts what I consider a category of one brand. In other words, a one word brand that's meaningful or a two word brand. This is lifestyle investor. Okay. It tells you what it is, but like Beyonce, Sting, Bezos, Elon, they're all one word brands. Jobs or Steve Jobs, Apple. Roberts, yeah, right? right on. Yeah. That resonates, right? Larryopolis, for example. It could be, but <laughs> whatever, whatever. We've got to craft something meaningful that means an outcome, a result, a benefit. So the pathway to get there begins with mindset, which are really non negotiable values. So if, if we were spending some time together, Larry, I'd ask you a whole bunch of questions about what your non-negotiables are and what lights you up, turns you on. What do you love? What do you hate? What do you trust? What do you distrust? And what happens, whether it's a business brand, and it's the difference between Apple and Microsoft, for example. What's the difference between those brands? It's really a value system. IBM and Apple, meaning Elon or Tesla, and Ford, what's the difference? What's the distinction? They all have a value system, which equates into a language pattern. And we have a visceral reaction or response to values, and we know what we don't like. Now, most of the time we're completely oblivious and unaware, but there's a process for extracting those out. So let's call that the mindset, the values. The second is the market, which is the demographic psychographic. And if I said, hey, Larry, what's the demographic psychographic audience for this podcast? It is? Primarily female, believe it or not, but <laughs> female entrepreneurs. Okay, fabulous. What's their age range and what do they believe? What do they trust? What do they want? I can tell you probably 35 to 55 is the age range. What they want is independence and financial freedom. The ability to live their lives the way they see fit. Fantastic. Okay, so that's our market. And again, what we'd ultimately do is what always happens in anything is we give that character, that avatar, a name and let's call her, I don't know, who's your avatar? Who do you think you're speaking to or who's someone you know listens to this podcast on a regular basis? Her first name is? Heather. Heather. Okay, great. So we create this character named Heather and then we create the model. So, that, so it's mindset market model. The model is what we sell, which is the outcome result and benefit. Let's call it freedom. Okay. Ultimately, you know, your podcast is for you building a platform, attracting attention, building traffic awareness. So that someone raises their hand and listens to Larry Roberts and says, damn it. I like this guy. I trust him. I admire him. We're very similar. Okay. It's all of the values come through. And that leads us to what are the words that Heather needs to hear to raise her hand and say, Larry Roberts, I want to buy what you have. I want what you got. So that fourth step is the message. The fifth is the media. Now, in this case, it is a podcast, but you and I know that the podcast can be multicast or delivered in multiple formats. It can be an email. It can be a blog post. It can be blah, 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 blah. And then finally are the multipliers. 
So multipliers are tactics or techniques for being able to connect super effectively with your audience and multiply the effectiveness of the message in the media. So for example, a multiplier can be a video campaign. It could be email marketing. It can be an offer of some nature. I teach a system I call it the ambassador method. It's a way to create massive leverage by communicating to groups and audiences. So in my case, for example, I know that my ideal client are members of large coaching organizations like EO, YPO, Strategic Coach, Genius Network, Abundance 360. They're belongers. They value coaching and advice. They're willing to invest tens of thousands of dollars a year for access to shortcuts and people who've been there, done that. They know that instead of spending three years digging around, they'd rather spend 30 minutes or three days and, and value that. They're willing to make the investment, right? And even that is a messaging components. But when you wrap all these things together, you get the results and you get them consistently. Is, is that all part of your, your superpower accelerator? Is that the foundation for that? Or how does that come into play? Yeah, it, it really is. When I work with someone, sort of my front end or the way I work with people is where I used to be, have a wide and shallow business, meaning I had content I gave away. My intro products were generally either a $300 discovery event. You know, it's like come to a, a live event with a few hundred people and I teach you something and provide value and sell something or put people into a webinar where I'd sell a $2,000 info product. So as an example... This isn't the way I do it any longer, but one of my products was called Publish and Profit. I taught people how to write books, become best-selling authors, and leverage Amazon. So it'd be a $2,000 product, a $5,000 live event, $25,000 mastermind. And that's pretty much where I ended because my infrastructure couldn't support more, nor could my team and all the tools. And when I reinvented myself, I decided I'd rather go deep and narrow versus wide and shallow. This is... A fairly common roadmap to how entrepreneurs, especially content creators, increase their profits and, and grow their business. It's, it's very similar in those steps. How do we, though, take that and it leaves us in a position of where we're always looking for clients. So we're always looking for that next client. How do we turn that into cash flow? Because cash flow is really what gives us that independence. It's what gives us that ability to quit our, our, our $150,000 a year job and supplement that income or the wife quitting your $60,000 a year teaching job without having to constantly look for clients because eventually, and, and we all struggle with it, finding those new clients becomes uh, very, very challenging. It's, it's a giant pain. And the answer to the question is, is an ongoing question I had because at one point I had two software companies. One was called Traffic Geyser. One was called Instant Customer. I had continuity income, millions of dollars a year coming in. And on one hand, that's like the miracle, right? It's like, oh yeah, monthly recurring income, fantastic. It's passive income. It isn't passive income because I had a software company to run with a whole bunch of moving parts, lots of people. There's always a certain number are dropping off and, 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 and. Eventually everything breaks, okay? It's just the nature of the universe. Entropy exists. But what happened is I realized I wanted to go narrow and deep. So now my business model, and I'm going to answer your question, but I need to jump through one hoop to get there, which is... Cool. We're along for the ride. The illusion of, oh, start with a low-end product, like a $20 book and a $200 info product, and then, and then, and then, and then. It doesn't take long, and you are standing in a world of poop, okay? 
in a giant how pie surprise and it sucks. Okay. And it's complicated and your funnels and your paid traffic and all that stuff is requires a lot of people that you don't want to manage, don't like to manage. And if you learn it all yourself, you might as well just work at McDonald's. You'll, you'll net more money. Okay. By the time you pay everyone and everything, it's a crappy business model. I hate it. And it's not fun because you're speaking to the lowest common denominator, which are not people you want to have relationships with. And I thought I'd, I'm going to flip that pyramid upside down and only work with people I love. So my front end now, and again, I've earned the right to do this and it took a little while, but I'm taking people when I work with them, they've got to have some, something that I can craft, but like my front end starts at $75,000. Okay. Has to work with me and I call it vision day. And then I go to a, a model that is usually around a quarter million a year to work with me on an ongoing basis, but I'm building a business. I'm building a platform with you that effectively does what I've done, whether it's turning your idea and wisdom into products or software or whatever it happens to be. Um, like what happened with Justin Donald, for example, you got to put some skin in the game though. You know, I, and, and I'm, you know, far enough along in my career, I can command these prices, but it's possible to get there and shortcut it. But here's the answer to the question is I don't have to have a lot of clients per month to produce millions of dollars a year in income with very few moving parts. And it, so that is the narrow and deep versus wide and shallow approach. And then what I do now with some of my clients is because I can build a business that generates revenue rapidly, I take a small percentage of gross revenue and then we create a business within a business or a new business, think of it like that, where I also participate in equity. That way they've got skin in the game, I've got skin in the game and our vision, our goal together is to exit this thing, to, to find a buyer who will buy a product. So the answer to your question is, it's always great to build a business that has a sizable exit with multiple seven or eight figures. And you know, when you've got a big lump coming in, you can do a lot of magical things. And I've had a, a number of, of decent exits in my life, but the real way to get there and what I do now is I very in a disciplined way, I take a percentage of my monthly income and I pop it in crypto and ETFs and now real estate. And those are the only things that are genuinely, and, and real estate isn't really passive income, but it's closer and it's got tax advantages. I think the pathway to get there is keep your costs low, generate as much income as you can, and put that off to the side every month and let the thing compound. Because building compound passive income vehicles is, in my experience, pretty darn difficult. And I'm about to start a couple of software companies again, but I'm gonna go through a period of emotional hell for a few, few years. And I'm doing this because I'm building a, something that solves the biggest problem you mentioned, which is getting new customers all the time without using social media to get there. And so I've, I'm a big believer in create products and services that you would buy as long as there's enough of you out there, but you know, solve your biggest problems and think of it through that lens. So I way overspoke and I gave you a whole bunch of directions to go down, but boom, sorry about that. No, it's great. I love the overview because so many times we get bits and pieces of what you were saying, but very rarely do we get a, a full image there. And it, it's kind of like trying to figure out how to do this on your own. 
it's we, we can go watch a YouTube video here. We can read a blog post here. We can crack open Entrepreneur Magazine over here and grab an article there. We can take all these pieces of the puzzle and try to fit them together. That, but more times than not, the pieces don't quite go together. There seems to be one other piece that we just can't quite find, and it prevents us from actually completing even the frame of the puzzle, right? Always using the flat edges first because those are the easiest ones to find. So we find these flat edges, but we still can't put it all together. Giving that, that overall view that you gave helps do that. I like that you were talking about too, that taking the profits, we'll call them, or the income from the business and investing it in crypto and real estate, that definitely seems to be the way that things are going. And it seems to be the, the smartest play that you have out there. But is that something we could be doing ahead of time as well to potentially even build up that revenue, build up that cash flow so that we have the opportunity to work with someone like you, someone that can, that can accelerate our superpower? I'll tell you for me, and again, I, I, I'm not a beginner now, but when I just started out, I joined the most expensive masterminds I could and hired the most expensive coaches that I barely could afford. And my first real coach was Tony Robbins. Back in the 90s, I was running my first real company. It was called Digital Cafe. It was an early digital marketing agency. And I was recently divorced, a quarter million in debt. I was paying my employees with credit card checks. I was literally kiting credit card checks to pay my bills and uh, and living on a gas card in you know at super america and, and on seventh avenue in st paul minnesota where i was at so i'm enduring these hellacious winters and i'm miserable just miserable and broke and broken and i watched a friend of mine go through a tony robbins event and come back and he wrote a book became a best-selling author became a world famous photoshop training coach he's touring all over the world and he did this in six months and i was like Whatever you got, I want some of that. So I bought Tony's personal power on an infomercial on a brand new credit card that just miraculously showed up. I signed up for, at the time, Life Mastery. I've got it. Make a long story <laughs> short, I showed up and, and was appalled by the fact that there were a bunch of people jumping up and down, <laughs> screaming and giving each other back massages. And I was like, what the F is this? I want a miracle. You're like, I, I had to have a miracle. I bore through it. I walked out of there with a life plan, executed it. And a year later, my business was purchased by a huge publicly traded company and, and the largest advertising agency in, in Minneapolis at the time. And that started my next journey. But eventually I became an advisor and a consultant to Tony and created some products with them. You know, it, that's how, how it turned around. And so I think the, the point of this was like last year alone, this year, I've invested over a quarter million in my own coach. I belong to a bunch of groups. I pay coaches. I've got any, you know, everything from an energy coach and trainer and blah, 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 blah. It's because I have to be held accountable and I can get stagnant really quickly. And now, I mean, I don't know if I had this before, but like I can get sad and and wake up and feel like a big dumb loser. And I'm like, oh, I've lost my edge. Or I, I start thinking something was lucky. I have imposter syndrome like everyone else and feel broken, broken. And, and what keeps me alive is doing this, being on a podcast, being able to communicate, working with younger business owners and entrepreneurs and flexing and exercising my mass. And, and I don't know 
if I used to feel sad like that, I think I was moving so quickly that I didn't let it catch up to me. And now, you know, when, when you're inside your own mind and you're not meditating, or if I'm not meditating, if I'm not working out daily, if I'm not taking good care of my body, you know, the demons roll in and now I at least can name them and observe the demons. But I gotta, I gotta move and evolve or something's gets falls out of place and it's certainly not as dark as it used to be but you know now i'm contending with a with an empty home because we dropped off my son at college uh a week ago and that's a different kind of a feeling which is that clump of a 19 year old boy up in in her you know look 19 year old boys aren't easy to navigate either but it's just a different kind of 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 stuff so it's just a cyclical thing that I, I've observed everyone goes through. And, and so again, bringing it back home, a commitment to being coached, a commitment to being advised, of being stretched and investing a painful amount. So you've got skin in the game. And if you don't show up, you feel even yuckier, right? It's like, you gotta, you gotta take a significant percentage of your income and invest it in your growth. And it's gotta be uncomfortable. Yeah, see, and I love that. And so many times I think we, we do try to invest in ourselves, but we do it minimally. We do it so that we can justify, oh yeah, we're up. Oh yeah, I'm investing in myself. I'm growing every day. But we join these little local business groups or this and that that really aren't going to push us, really aren't going to drive us to the edge. But I like how you said that it has to be painful. It has to be painful. You have to feel it. You have to have that skin in the game because that's where our growth is. Our growth is in pain. No one grows when they're comfortable. No, no one, no one evolves when they're just chilling, sitting back, Netflixing and, and chilling and eating popcorn. We grow when we're uncomfortable. We grow when we make that investment that stings a little bit and that we have to feel guilty if we don't show up, if we don't participate, if we don't execute each and every step of the plan that we invested in. So I love to hear you say that because I don't think we hear that enough. Well, I, I think also none of us can look upside and inside our belly buttons effectively where the dirt really is. And <laughs> that's what a great coach does. It's sort of like, dude, get a Q-tip already, okay? That big old fuzzy mess or whatever it is. But you got to have someone staring up your dark, dirty holes. <laughs> Whoa, hey, sorry about that. But but I, I mean it. It's like someone else is going to see your demons and we train ourselves to ignore them or avoid them. And it's sometimes that truth of, you know, and it can't come from a spouse, right? It can't come from someone invested in either keeping things painfully the same status quo or avoiding pain because the truth is more painful, at least temporarily than the pain of change. You know, that takes a long time to, to develop in a marriage, in a relationship. I've been married now for over 20 years and, and we're really getting good at being able to do this with kindness and love and coach each other and speak the truth and be able to bear through the pain. But the truth is we both avoid it we still do. And so, you know, we're hiring therapists and, and doing exercises that make both of us very uncomfortable all the time. That's interesting. I, I've just celebrated my 20th anniversary as well on the 19th of this really? month. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. It's always good to reach those milestones. So <laughs> you must've gotten married. You look very young to me. How old are you? I turned, what is today? Today is the first 
I turned 49 two days ago. You look good. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm 55. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah, a little just for men goes a long ways, brother. There we go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, Mike, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been, I think it's been a great conversation. It hasn't been as superficial sometimes as podcasts tend to go. Let's just bring a guest on and let's just skim through the surface and find out, you know, what they're, what they're bringing to the table, what they're offering, what their latest book is about. I love the fact that you brought on someone else's book and you highlighted someone else within your own story. And that helps drive it home in my personal opinion, man. It's not just a a 30 minute pitch session by any means, but I would love for people to find out more about you and find out more about the super accelerator. So tell them where they can do that. Sure. Well, I think, uh, first of all, thank you for that. I don't want anyone to ever say, you know what, that was a shallow, I'd like to insert some sort of swear word here, but I won't do that to you. But, you know, it's like shallow sucks. You know, I want to go deep and raw and being a, a great person, being a great business owner, being a great man, being a great woman is about being authentic and raw and I also think it's about elevating other people. So first and foremost, I came here to hopefully elevate you and bring value and have someone saying, you know what? That was a damn good episode. Thank you, Larry, for that. And then secondly, in terms of me, you can hit my own website, mikekanigs.com. I do um, I do two podcasts, one with a good friend. So I like spending my time with wise old men. One of them is Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. I have a podcast called Capability Amplifier. And another one with Gay Hendricks, who's 76. It's called The Big Leap. And he's, they're unbelievably wise men. And I think that's another honor. Besides having a great coach, make sure you spend your time with wise older people who have made all the mistakes ahead of you. And, you know, again, we're all looking for shortcuts. You know, I'll give, I'll give away a goodie, something that I think everyone on this, everyone who wants to grow their business can learn from one of my best resources. It's called Money Phone. And I've got a website, it's gomoneyphone.com, but it's a technique for creating intimacy and connection and relationship with people using short mobile phone videos. And I use this to enroll and close 75, $250,000 clients in like, a call or two. And I'll tell you what, if you can create bigger offers and enroll faster, that's the pathway to freedom. It's bigger offers. It's not by doing more work. It's by doing yeah. fewer and less work with better clients and customers. And this is just as much mindset training about that. And I'm actually rewriting the book right now and the training. So if you get in there you can get the current one and then you'll get the brand new one as soon as I'm done. And I'll just give it away. You know, I like to just, I give away my books. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. I can't seem to give mine away at all. Nobody wants it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, you keep it, Larry. That's fine. That's all right. No, Mike, I mean, I appreciate it. That is a phenomenal offer and I'm going to check the book out for sure. So once again, man, I got to say thank you so much for all of your time. It was a pleasure having you here and I appreciate everything that you brought to the table today. So thank you very much. It is my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for the platform. I love who you are. This is really good. You're a very, very good interviewer. Great conversationalist too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. This has been another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Mike really brought some tremendous value today. And I highly recommend that you check out his site and you check out the book that he offered at the end. It can help you take your business to the next level. And that's what we want to do each and every episode. So 
Thank you for joining me once again, and I'll talk to you next week.